This is HSBC Global Viewpoint, your window into the thinking, trends and issues shaping global banking and markets. Join us as we hear from industry leaders and HSBC experts on the latest insights and opportunities for your business. A heads up to our listeners that this episode is being recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the latest in our Reg Talks podcast series. We are featuring a variety of different topics that are currently trending in regulation in the digital world, and we now explore operational resilience regulation. Introducing the topic is HSBC Security Services Senior Product Manager for Global Trustee and Fiduciary Services, Very Sandman. Very, over to you. Thank you, Gabriella. Over recent years, we have been witnessing a technological revolution in financial services, with an increase in digitalization, automation of processes, heightened cloud adoption, and developments such as the usage of blockchain technology. With this increasing reliance on digital systems, and with the very tangible example of the global pandemic, there has been a need to reconsider potential sources of operational disruption and ensure strong controls are in place. There has therefore been a renewed regulatory focus on operational resilience of financial services firms to protect consumers and ensure market stability. The UK has been at the forefront of regulatory measures around this. The UK's Financial Conduct Authority and Prudential Regulatory Authority published coordinated operational resilience policy statements in March 2021 which came into effect at the end of March 22. We have also seen the regulatory framework develop globally around operational resilience. For example, the EU's Digital Operational Resilience Act that was issued in draft in September 2020. Joining me to discuss this further today, I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague Richard Pounder, Global Head of Operational and Resilience Risk for security services at HSBC. Richard, can you give us an overview of the steps that InScope UK firms, such as banks, investment firms, and investment exchanges, ought to have taken by the effective date of the operational resilience requirements? Yes, of course, Vari. There are five main deliverables for these UK firms to ensure they were able to meet the first deadline of the 31st of March, 2022. Firstly, identify the important business services, which, if they were to experience severe disruption, could impact clients, customers, the market, or that particular firm. Next, map those important business services, including the assets that support a business service, such as technology, data, third parties, operations teams, building, data centers, etc. And as part of this, it's beneficial to understand any potential internal vulnerabilities an organization might have around those assets. Next is then document the impact tolerances for those important business services, the point at which intolerable harm might be felt by the clients, market and a firm where there is significant disruption. One of the mandatory metrics is a time-based metric, but there could be others. And at HSBC, we have the capability to anticipate these for markets and security services, important business services at around 24 to 48 hours. Next is to conduct scenario testing on the important business services for severe yet plausible events to test the limits of the impact tolerances previously documented. The understanding of vulnerabilities across the supporting assets should feed into the scenario. 
And business continuity plans may also be updated if anything arises from the scenario testing. Next, to complete a self-assessment that highlights the outcomes of all of the above, notably the impact tolerances and further major vulnerabilities identified through the testing or prior analysis and the ability for the firm to stay within those tolerances. Among many of the key items to consider in this is the communication strategy that a business would need in the event of significant disruption, such that clients, the marketplace, regulators, etc., had appropriate time to react and firms could support clients through the disruption to ensure the best outcome for them. I see the comms strategy as an integral part of any business continuity planning cycle. So for, as firms develop the plans to maintain service, it would be prudent to ensure the comms strategy is equally robust. Thank you, Richard. Some detailed preparation will have been conducted then to establish a compliant framework. What sort of challenges would firms have experienced ensuring readiness for these requirements? Yes, there are a number of challenges to get the best possible outcome of the regulation. Firstly, whilst firms have been focused on resilience for some time, this is the first iteration of a consistent framework in the UK across the industry, so this will evolve and mature. Secondly, the consistency of granularity of the important business services and self-assessments is likely to vary between firms, so we may not be immediately comparing apples with apples. The market is certainly moving towards this, and the size and complexity of firms involved is an important consideration. Next, the level of transparency or of potential vulnerabilities and actions to remediate them is likely to increase. Firms should anyway be conducting robust reviews of their third parties, but they should be prepared to be sharing more information around the state of operational resilience in our businesses. This is further reinforced through the Bank of England Supervisory Statement 2 21 on outsourcing and third party risk management. And lastly, I'd like to include the challenges around regulated service providers who need to balance the expectation of multiple clients who may have markedly different, differing views of intolerable harm. The industry will need to go through some sort of normalisation process to coalesce around where intolerable harm ultimately sits. And Richard, can firms expect to see benefits as well from these heightened measures and controls that have been put in place, in addition to the positive effects that these will have to consumers and to financial markets? For sure, Vari. There are some clear benefits for client experience, cost efficiencies and security spaces that a highly operationally resilient business has. Some of these are clients have a significantly better experience in the delivery of the service provided by resilient firms like HSBC. The reduction in operational losses and therefore the case to free up capital that would otherwise have been set aside. The benefits that can be injected through firms conduct agendas like at HSBC, where one of our key conduct outcomes is to operate in a secure and resilient fashion so that we can deliver products and services to the client. It also supports identification of efficiencies that can be made to operational processes. And particularly in large complex organizations, it helps with identification of material, materiality of assets that support the businesses, given that these are now mapped through operational resilience program. Firms like HSBC that take a risk-based approach to management of the layers of assets hugely benefit in understanding, for example, the technology chain that is critical to delivering the important business services. But more powerfully than that, I think HSBC sees the operational resilience can become a really powerful commercial tool. Again, it happens right now, but imagine the added strength to any pitch where a firm can outline a highly robust operational resilience landscape and benefits to the client. 
That's really interesting, Richard. Thanks. Now that the rules have come into effect, what are the next steps for firms in terms of deliverables? So, for example, regulator reporting if any weaknesses or issues are identified, ongoing monitoring of controls or regular reviews of their operational resilience arrangements. I understand 31st of March 2025 is the final deadline for implementing all remaining operational resilience requirements. Exactly that, Vari. Key items will now need to be focused on are the remediation of any potential vulnerabilities identified, specifically those that mean a firm can't stay within impact tolerance for the important business services. I would expect firms are running a general resilience program as part of their business as usual activities. HSBC, for example, has continued to build a market-leading resilience function in the second line of defence so that there is a holistic and robust oversight of the subject matter experts of the areas that could cause disruption to our services. These cover technology, cyber, third-party risk, business continuity, building availability, data risk, physical protection, transformation and workplace safety. All of these areas where we are able to measure controls allow us to understand overall resilience. More generally, the run-up to the, over the next three years to the 2025 deadline should bring together for firms these BAU activities and measures so that there are indicators of warnings in place that allow them to manage impact tolerances in a meaningful manner. Ultimately, at any given time, the goal is for firms to be able to answer the holistic question, how resilient is my business? In terms of specific regulatory reporting, there aren't any further requirements laid out in the regulation. Firms should now have pulled together their self-assessments and by the 31st of March 2025, firms must be able to demonstrate that they can remain within impact tolerances. Thanks, Richard. Now, conscious that these rigorous operational resilience requirements, coupled with the search for operational efficiencies or the desire to get access to developing technologies, can sometimes lead to firms looking to outsource functions or use third parties to supply systems or for cloud provision. Are there any other regulations that InScope UK firms would need to be mindful of in relation to outsourcing or third party risk management? For example, you referenced earlier the outsourcing and third party risk management supervisory statement. Yes, that's right. Close to the FCA and PRA's operational resilience regulation, the UK authorities also published Supervisory Statement 221, which focuses on enhanced requirements around outsourcing arrangements. Specifically, the expectations revolve around the written agreements firms have with outsourcing providers. In more detail, there are expectations on the following uh, four items. Data security. So firms are expected to classify data appropriately so that the sensitivity of the data is identified on a risk-based approach. Again, on a risk-based approach, the location of the data needs to be considered and has to be balanced the resilience advantages of multi-location data storage and processing against the legal and latency risks. Next is access, audit and information rights. Specifically, this only refers to material outsourced arrangements, but the requirement has been set to put in contractual terms the access to data devices, information security systems, etc., that are used in the provision of the service, the output of security penetration testing, company and financial information, and the service providers, external auditors, personnel and premises. 
Next, there's fourth or nth party risk. Firms need to ensure that any third party provider they contract has the ability to understand risks associated to their own third parties, including regulatory or legal impacts, resilience and security aspects, and data management, i.e. the supply chain risk. And then there's business continuity. The, the, the outsourcing regulation now memorializes the requirements to have the BCPs and exit strategies in place for material outsourced arrangements. Noting the third party management program HSBC has in place, the focus for us is largely around ensuring additional coverage of the enhanced requirements for all third parties, not just the material outsourced arrangements, and further enhancement of the approach in how we assess concentration risk. Richard, turning now to other operational resilience regulations globally, what are some of the major regulators proposing or putting in place? I obviously touched on the Digital Operational Resilience Act earlier, which will bring harmonised risk management and heightened resiliency across the EU in relation to firms' information and communications technologies. What are some of the operational resilience measures and controls we are likely to see in the Digital Operational Resilience Act? And are we expecting similar resilience regulation in other jurisdictions? The key measures of the Digital Operational Resilience Act include information and communications technology risk management requirements, including mapping, prevention and resolution, and information and communications technology related incident classification reporting. Also required is digital operational resilience testing with an annual testing program and triennially an advanced threat led penetration test. Information and communications technology third party risk management and information sharing arrangements are also included in the proposals. But looking elsewhere, in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority issued a consultation on a new supervisory policy manual module on operational resilience in December 2021. And the Central Bank of Ireland issued its cross industry guidance on operational resilience in December 21 which quite closely reflects similar requirements to that of the UK authorities' regulations. There has also been regulatory focus on operational resilience in countries such as Australia and Canada, and an increasing number of emerging markets. Thank you, Richard. We've obviously discussed there the operational resilience requirements of various regulators, but how do global firms such as HSBC ensure compliance with these different and evolving requirements in the separate jurisdictions they operate in? And is it more challenging with increased scale and complexity of the business, or can there be efficiencies there? Firstly, much of that will come from good working relationships with the regulators to get right to the heart of what the regulation is requiring. Firms also need robust regulatory change pipeline management to, enable, to be able to compare and contrast the various regulations on the same topic so that we can understand and implement any nuances. We have a dedicated regulatory product management team organised just to do that in HSBC. Operational resilience at its heart is unlikely to have a materially different requirements across jurisdictions. So I think there are some core principles that can be aligned across global and complex firms like HSBC. We should also make sure we hire talented people who can collaborate across the various cultures and jurisdictions to intelligently imply the principles and act in the best interests of our customers and the marketplace. The Good Scenario Planning Programme will ad adapt well across any jurisdiction and can be tailored as required. 
I think the spirit of the regulatory approach is for firms to bump resilience up the agenda, which means a shift in behaviours and cultures around resilience. Operational resilience then doesn't become a once a year task to respond to regulators, but ingrained into the DNA of the firm, because there's a robust aggregated data to inform leaders how resilient their businesses are. Richard, thank you so much. That's been a great discussion and really helpful to understand this next phase in operational resilience for UK firms. And of course, also to learn more about the regulatory direction in other jurisdictions and what that might mean for global firms. We will, of course, monitor these regulations developing and will keep clients appraised. If clients do have any questions on this, please follow up with your client services manager. Gabriella, back to you. Thanks. Well, thanks so much, Vary and Richard. It's been really, really interesting to explore this topic. Always learning something new here. Um, I would like to thank you for listening to this edition of Reg Talks. We hope that you enjoyed learning more about operational resilience. Stay tuned for more from our podcast as we explore trends in the coming weeks. Thank you so much and goodbye. Thank you for listening today. This has been HSBC Global Viewpoint, Banking and Markets. For more information about anything you've heard in this podcast or to learn about HSBC's global services and offerings, please visit gbm.hsbc.com.